We're joined on News Talk ZB now by Sterling Mortlock as we take a look at big test match, Bledisloe in Australia on a Thursday night. Sterling, welcome to the programme. How does that sit with you as a former international? It's a very strange time, is it not? It is. I don't think we've had a midweek test match like this since, I think, the early 90s. Certainly in my career, I never played a midweek test match, but... um, I guess right now in Australia, there's you know there's grand finals happening in AFL and NRL, and perhaps Rugby Australia just thought this is this is a good idea to to get away from that and do something that's quite unique. Does it put them on a backward stepping, a backward footing, saying like maybe we're not as important as we think we are? Is this pragmatic or is this just giving up? Oh, I think it's more pragmatic. You know, my understanding is they're expecting a pretty pretty big big crowd there at, at Marble Stadium. I'll certainly be there with bells on. You know, the players like carpets in Melbourne, that, that, that's a rarity in, in itself. And it's also nice to see a, a fair few of the Melbourne contingent uh, representing the Wallabies as well. So I think it will be well received. Um, you know, I was re- really lucky to have played a number of my later years down in Melbourne. And, you know, it's the unofficial sporting capital of the world. And I'm sure it'll be a, a fantastic night tomorrow. So can Australia win this based on the up and down results that all teams have had so far in the championship, Sterling? Well, it's, it's, it'd be tough to be, a, to be a punter or a tipster, I tell you. Um, I'm not confident. I think the amount of changes that the Wallabies have had between last test match and this test match is, is, isn't necessarily a good thing. Uh, I, I look at the combinations, and a lot of them are pretty fresh as well. However, you know, a few of the matches this year where we expected Australia to to not do too well. They've, they've done really well, and then probably a few where we thought that they'd go well than the opposite. So, uh, who knows, mate? But um, I know one thing for sure: Blitters like Cup matches, uh, both you know Australia and New Zealand, know the history and tradition, and they're always an, an exciting event. And I'm sure that the Wallabies will be, will be doing their best efforts to make sure it's a big night for Australia tomorrow night. Well, the last midweek one was back in 1994. It was when George Gregan wiped out Jeff Wilson with that tackle in the Bidslow Cup. Um, I'm surprised you haven't remembered that one, Sterling. Was, Gone was down that a the folklore. One? That was the one. <laughs> well, I was there in, in my school uniform um, <laughs> watching watching the governor do his thing on Goldie. That was phenomenal. But I, I don't even recall it being a, being a, a, a school day. But... Um, Maybe that's the reason why our whole school went. <laughs> On a school night. Hey, just going back to the Australian side and, and what they're presenting here, and you talked about the inconsistency around selection. Do you think Dave Rennie and the, the wider squad actually know what their best combinations are? And they're not foxing ahead of the World Cup, but still trying to work that out. How sure of you that you know where they're going? Because with Ian Foster, they've started to establish a rhythm with their selections. We've got an idea now about what they're thinking for the fifteen. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case with Australia, that's for sure. Uh, there, are, there are certain positions um, that the players are really being consistently picked. You know, um, one in particular would be Marika Karavidi. Uh, he's just in, in insane form every every game, even if he doesn't get his hands on the ball that, that often. He still has manages to do something crazy and impactful in the game. Um, and there's a few other players, I think, that are, that are, that are in there, but there's a lot um, that we don't know of. And in particular... In the halves, which, you know, if you think about it from a spine point of view, really critical positions, uh, especially in the World Cup, you, you know, you're nine and ten, and, and I'd argue your midfield as well is pretty damn important too. And all those positions, um, you, you wouldn't know. I, I think one player from my point of view that, that I've really been impressed with, and he's, he's played, but he hasn't started every single game, is Ikatao at 13. I, I think he's, he's, he's looking really strong. 
Um, but the reality is, yeah, it's a new nine and ten combination. Bernard probably comes back. You know, I don't think he's played for three or so years, and I, I wouldn't have an issue with the fact that you know I think Nard's thirty three, but it's more the fact that he is playing offshore and he hasn't played with any of the players around him for a long period of time, and that's a big question mark over that. But what do you think the logic is behind that selection with, with Dave or anything? Why would he plump for someone like that? Well, I think he does see the value in having someone like that that, that's been in plenty of World Cups, has got a lot of experience and can can it help. You know, the reality is um, we've got a lot of injuries at, at, at 10. Uh, obviously, Quade Cooper went down um, a few test matches ago in the warm-up. Um, and then James O'Connor has been injured for a fair period of time as well. So, and, and all those three um, ball players are, 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 you know, pretty old on the on their way out. You would you would argue, but from a from a leadership point of view and and help uh, upskill the younger pivots, the younger tens and twelves, it's really important to have someone like that in there. So maybe maybe that's the role that Bernard's potentially filling. But uh, I've got no doubt he'll he'll he's got a, he's got enough. Armory and weaponry to still play really well at this level as a starting ten, um, but from my point of view, it's more about you know getting the next generation in and getting them to have some consistency and combinations and really developing that, not just leading into twenty three into the World Cup next year, but more importantly, leading in the next four years where you know Australia thankfully have got the World Cup in twenty seven. We're joined by Sterling Mortlock as we look ahead to the first of two Bledisloe Cup matches in Melbourne City of uh, on a Thursday of, of all times. What about the um, the niggle between the two teams? Did you experience much of that when you were playing? Is, is it likely to, to surface after what we saw? Uh, well, the way Nick White's not going to be there, but the way he brings a bit of angst to the side. Uh, look, I think there's always a tremendous amount of respect between New Zealand and Australia and also the fact that that is paid typically by playing as physically and as hard as you can. Um, uh, you know, there's nothing better in, in, in rugby than facing the harker and then and then getting ready to, to play a test match. It's just phenomenal experience to play Blood as they cut matches full stop. And, and I think Australians grow up knowing that, that New Zealand are, are the benchmark in world rugby um, and know that, that you've got to you've got to turn up physically and mentally ready to play. Um, I don't think there's well, I don't sense there's going to be a niggle in the game. Um, I think it's been interesting to to, to, to watch. Um, in particular, I mentioned Whitey. There's been there's been a bit of bit of that going on, and I, and I think probably from my point of view, one of the things that has let the Wallabies down for a long period of time is actually our discipline, and that's still been the case the last few Test matches. I'm not talking about niggle now. I'm talking about just discipline and giving away silly penalties or giving letting off the the, the pressure valve to the opponent. Um, and in test match rugby, you just can't afford to do that um, too often. So that's one thing I'll be looking at. Uh, certainly the physicality, um, it's got to be there tomorrow night. Otherwise, you've got no chance of, of taking on the All Blacks. What about the relevance, Sterling Mortlock, of the Bledsloe Cup since it's been so long since it's found any home and any trophy cabinet over on the West Island? Does it still loom large? Oh, absolutely. It's a phenomenal trophy. It is ginormous. It, the tradition... That 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 that, that, jersey, that so that that trophy represents is, is phenomenal. I I am 100% sure that all the Wallabies and also all of us as supporters now, um, you know, really have a huge value on that trophy. From my perspective, when I was playing, it was World Cup first, Bledisloe second, and I'd imagine that would be still close to that priority as well. 
That's great to hear. Nice to see the passion. Nice to hear it in your voice, Sterling Mortlock. Always a pleasure. Thanks very much for your time. You enjoy yourself, huh? Yeah, looking forward to it.